Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audio book download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash using your power. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For today's podcast, I would like to recommend A New Earth, Awaken to Your Life's Purpose by Eckhart Tolle. I've read this book two times and listened to the audiobook, and every time I read it and listen to it, I get something new from it. Welcome to Using Your Power. I'm David Andrew Weep, and joining me is... Maveen Cora. Hey, Maveen. How's it going? I'm doing good, David. How are you today? I am powered up, man. Yeah? How come? Well, you know, we're going to do some great recording today and, and put together a great show. That's why. Yeah? Do you know what our show's going to be about today? No. What is it? It's uh, finding enlightenment in the technology world or in a tech world. I'm just kidding. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> we try to plan these things in advance, right? No, for sure. And, you know, that's what we, we try to g- give us uh, give each other enough time so we can, uh, you know, think about good points that we can then bring to our audience, right? So uh, I know I, I got my points. You got your points ready to go? Sure do. Now, that, you know, in the last couple episodes, we haven't been discussing uh, what our points were ahead of time, which is kind of interesting because, you know, it really brings a different dynamic to the conversation, not knowing what we're about to say to each other and finding ways to connect all our different points so we can continue that nice flow, right? And I find that since we've been doing that, we've been, we have been finding a nice flow of all the conversations. That's a good point. I think we're, we're getting better at uh, improvising or just playing off of each other. That's right. Yeah. I, I actually wanted to start things off somewhat with why it's hard to find enlightenment in a tech world. And probably you have some points about that too, Mav. Yeah, I can definitely add some, uh, add, add some feedback into that too. Great. I kind of just broke it down into the four Ds, which isn't to say there couldn't be more of them, but these are kind of the main ones that occurred to me as I was thinking about finding your enlightenment in a tech world. The first is distraction. I think that's, I wouldn't say it's obvious because I I think a lot of people don't actually pick up on it. But what happens is you have things like, you know, news, TV, internet, media, all those things can provide distractions in different ways. Or just the discussion at the water cooler, which might be about Donald Trump. It might be about the current state of the economy. Actually, these things can distract you from finding enlightenment, finding your spiritual side, finding what's most important to you and what you were meant to do in this world. Right. No, you're right on that. I find that uh, most people nowadays don't really take the time to focus on, you know, their practice and, and, you know, whatever that means to them when I say their practice to find enlightenment, right? I mean, there's different uh, ways that could be explained. But, you know, with with the news, with the social media, with trying to keep up with the Kardashians, a lot of people, you know, are not necessarily just focusing on themselves. They're focusing on things outside of themselves, right? So you're right. I mean, there is a lot of ways to be distracted. There's also a lot of ways to kind of, uh, bring that all back together and you know there's times and places to talk about certain things and and then there's times and places to deal with the things that you want to deal with yeah and i mean there's a definitely a difference between like light conversation and deep conversation right what we're trying to facilitate with this podcast is more deep thinking deep conversation so things like sports maybe to others is like a great topic to talk about but like i don't watch every game do you 
No, not really. No. And so like that to me, it could actually quickly turn into a distraction. Like when I was a kid, used to watch quite a bit of baseball. Maybe if I was still living in Japan, I would be watching baseball. And when I moved over here, I watched some basketball. But like aside from the playoffs, I don't really watch much sport, sports. And even when it is the playoffs, if I've got lots to do in my business or in my work, there's very slim chance I'm going to be engaged in those kinds of distractions. So there's different ways of defining that distraction, but those are that's one way that we are, you know, we find it difficult to find enlightenment in the world that we're in. Well, one of the things I like what you said, David, is uh, that the idea of distraction really comes from is if you're focused on your goals or if you're not focused on your goals, right? I mean, that's a huge distraction. Sometimes uh, distraction, it may not be distractions if you're focused on sports uh, or if you're focused on the Kardashians, right? I mean, <laughs> if it's part of what your daily practice is, you know, whatever that enlightenment may be for you, uh, you know, I, like you said, uh, this idea of the show here is to really show people a deeper appreciation for themselves and other people around themselves, right? So, uh, I mean, if that's the way you're being enlightened is through sports and, and different TV shows and whatnot, hey, that's okay. But, you know, I think the idea of this show is to really take you deeper and find different ways, right? So, uh, you know, watching a game here and there, not a bad thing. If you're watching every single game and taking, if it takes you away from the things you should be doing, right, all the important things that you should be doing, then yeah, that is an absolute distraction. If it's part of your like blogging or podcasting or curation efforts as a journalist or media person, totally understandable that you'd be tuned into all those things. But then distraction might mean something different for you. So that's something to f to think about. The second D I have is deception. So as we know, I think we've talked about this before. You could read the newspaper and one day mangoes are totally healthy for you and will save your life. And then the next day, mangoes will cause cancer and AIDS and will kill you and, and kill your children as well. <laughs> I mean, this is the kind of things that we find in, in the newspapers, in the media. And I think a lot of people take it to face value and will just post that to Facebook and become an echo chamber for that particular, you know, for that particular movement or thought or idea that's been set forth. I, you know, I like to shut that off because it just causes you to think about things that don't really matter. So yet again, it, it kind of goes back to distraction, deception, distraction, they kind of play off of each other. There's deception in pharmaceuticals. We talked about that. There could be potential deception in governments. I don't really know. I couldn't tell you because I'm not in government and I don't do politics, but I think they don't always have our best interests at heart. So that's also a possibility. No, you're right. And the other thing about deception is really, you know, is it going against your, your values, right? So, I mean, anything that goes against what you believe or go against goes against what you value on a daily day-to-day -day basis, uh, either yourself or for your family or for your work or for your business or whatnot, um, if it goes against your belief, then it really is deceiving you on getting you to the goal that you're trying to get to, right? So uh, that's the one thing I do agree with you as well. Excellent. And my third D then is depletion. This is kind of an interesting concept, but it's the idea that there's finite resources in this world. And some things are finite, some things are limited, but not everything. You know, financial resources, for example, some very wise and smart economists have shown that there's really limitless resources and there's enough money for everybody to be wealthy if we were to all to pursue that or make that part of our pursuit in life. 
So depletion is, is something that causes fear because now we go, oh, I can't have that or there's not enough of it. And it actually presents itself in many ways. Uh, I think in personal development or even in network marketing, sometimes they say, you know, the spoils go to those who work really hard and go after everything and be a real go-getter versus, and the rest is left to, the leftovers are left to everybody else. And, and actually that could also be a form of perpetuating this idea of depletion in a way. Right. And, you know, there, I don't know if there is a such thing as depletion because I do believe everything is created from within. So even energy, even, uh, you know, if you're feeling down, you know, you can bring yourself back up, right? Yeah, sometimes it may take you longer. Uh, you know, again, depending on how we view that, the word depletion and, and the meaning, you know, and what we're attaching it to as well, right? But uh, I mean, th- yeah, you got some really good points in there, David. You could also say like, there's a depletion of spiritual energy. Like if anybody's ever told you that, that's false. <laughs> that's not possible, I don't think. And, you know, so that's another way in which depletion could actually play its play its way out. And then the 4D, which I left for last, and there's a reason why, is disillusionment. You know, after after fear, after deception, after depletion, what sets in is is disillusionment. The idea that I can't have mine, the fear that you you can't achieve your goals, that you can't get to where you want to go in life. And I think that's a state that some people in control would rather keep us in that state of disillusionment because it's much easier to control people who are disillusioned versus people who are going after a dream and a goal. Right. And, you know, you make me think about actually a fifth D is called disconnect, Mm. right? Because once you've been disillusioned, now you're completely disconnected from either people or your own principles and what you value, right? So uh, I think that really does finally get you to the last point where where people end up being, right? So, but if you fall into that trap, then, I mean, you hopefully can see yourself, you know, falling into it and finding ways to get out of it as well. Mm, disconnection, right? Because if you're disconnected from self, if you're disconnected from spirit or God, if you believe there is such a thing, if you're disconnected from others in the universe, then absolutely you will not find enlightenment, especially dis- disconnection from self. I think that's a really dangerous one. So I love that point. And, and that's basically what I had to say about why it's hard to find enlightenment in a tech world. Well, that's, you know, those are all great points, David. And, you know, a lot of the points I've thought of here actually just kind of flow into probably one of the five or one of the four um, points that you've already made, right? So, uh, you know, one of the things that I came up with was putting away technology for a few hours uh, each and every day. Mm -hmm. uh, So you can actually focus into your practice, right? I mean, uh, kind of going back to our social media talk that we did as well. A lot of times we, you know, we're spending 10 to 15 hours a day um, on our phones, on our computers, on our TVs, on our tablets. Basically with some kind of screen. Yeah, with some kind of sun screen and some kind of electronic device, right? So um, we, if in order to be enlightened, again, depending on how you define enlightenment, um, I look at enlightenment as a, a way to get to know yourself as well as how to get to know other people, right? Because if you know self, you can then also understand other people. I know it from for me, it comes from a very uh, Buddhist type practice, that definition mm-hmm. for me. Uh, you know, if you can understand a simple answer 
ant uh, crawling on the ground and the feelings that ant would have, you can then also understand the what the whole world would bring, right? Uh, and the type of feelings and what people go through because it's the same thing that ant would go through, right? And most people don't consider an ant to be, you know, having feelings or uh, would think there's a reason to consider that because it's just a simple ant on the ground and it's, it means nothing. It's not part of the big picture. But, you know, if you really truly look into how that ant does fit into the big picture, uh, you would actually understand that, you know, we're no different, right? So uh, to me, that's one way of looking at it. But if you never get off of the social media, if you never get away from your <laughs> phone and sit in that daily practice to maybe understand how we all connect to each other, you know, I don't think that'll ever happen. I couldn't agree more. Did you have any other points on why it's hard to find enlightenment in a tech world? Well, I got about, I got a whole bunch of them, but uh, do you have anything to say on that one at all? No, nothing more to add to it. I just totally wholeheartedly agree with it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, So the next point I had was, you know, um, with the advent of uh, social media and, you know, being able to go on Google and really just find any information we want, um, I mean, finding enlightenment through tech to technology has actually become a little easier, I think, as well, because we have the ability to grab scripture from wherever faith we belong to mm. in an instant, right? So if I wanted to Google something from, you know, any any religion, so from Christianity, from Hinduism, from Sikhism, from the Kabbalah, from, from whatever, right? We can easily jump on the computer, go on Google, type in, you know, Matthew, whatnot, or whatever scripture words you know, uh, and kind of want to get power and, and, and gain that insight from, you can instantly go on the computer uh, and, and start reading about it and think about it, right? But again, it's about reading and thinking and actually understanding it and absorbing it to, you know, make your practice of enlightenment uh, beneficial for you, right? Because if you don't, if you, even if you just read it and then just read it as words and don't think about it, then it's just words. Yeah, that's so true. And it's, it is very easy to take things out of context and have them say whatever it is we mean to say. And that's actually one of the problems with the construct of religion. You know, you ask a hundred different people that are in the same faith, same religion, maybe even in the same denomination, and none of them are going to totally agree on every principle taught and every scripture taught, everything taught about that particular spirituality. So that, that's actually kind of a scary thing to me. Yeah, no, and I like I do like the idea of being able to have access to, you know, information that you need right away, right? But again, when you're reading the scripture, it's making sure that scripture, whatever, again, culture it comes from, is the correct wording as well, right? Because it's easy to change the words, it's easy to change the meaning, and then it's obviously if the words and meaning change, your understanding along with that also changes, right? So I do believe, you know, whenever you're reading something, you got to look at it and really understand what it's saying, right? So uh, anything else to add to that, David? Well, to me, it's also this thing of solving problems that Google cannot solve for you. <laughs> you know, I don't know if there's enlightenment outside of that, really. Right. Okay. Any any other points that you have? Nope. That would be all. Okay. So um, what I'll do is I'll continue and then we'll just kind of go from there. So one of the, uh, you know, one of the things I was thinking about was actually from our last talk we had done on uh, technology, aging, and science as well. Yes. And, uh, you know, I thought about what we were talking about and found that finding enlightenment in a technology world would make sense if we were to live longer as well, because we would then be able to 
learn longer. We'd be able to practice our 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 uh, understanding longer or enlightenment longer. We'd be able to use that enlightenment longer as well because we're living longer at this point. Um, you know, it would grant us the ideas on how we fit into the universe and help us really understand that as well. Um, and then you can take that information and teach people as well because we live longer, right? I find sometimes by the time we learn what we need to learn, you know, sometimes people just die, you know, and, and they die too soon. You know, that's kind of the words we always hear that, you know, one once we get to where we want to be, you know, we die, right? Or we're just on the cusp of, of getting to that enlightenment and we die, right? But so if we are able to live longer and have science and technology help us live longer, then I think we are able to, to, uh, to do that. I think I see it going two ways. On the one hand, your spirituality could actually become very stale and very normal and very routine to the point where it's not really bringing you the enlightenment that you're searching for. But on the other hand, maybe living longer would mean new seasons to life. And new seasons to life would mean a, the necessity for a new way of looking at things. And many, many spiritual gurus or thought leaders have talked about those different seasons in life and, and what it is to be at those different stages. And they all kind of overlap at times, whether it's the, the lover, the warrior, or the sage, you know, for the, for the males out there. <laughs> I'm not sure what the stages for the women are, maybe they're the same i don't know but fair you know and and you make me also think about the fact that you know it, it does take time for people to change you know and uh, to find enlightenment doesn't come in one day sometimes we have to sometimes go through all the crap that we've grown up with and filter through all that square away all the things that we thought were right and maybe are right for example uh, you know all the things that we know that are not right we have to deal with those things and those pain points can take a long time uh, to square away right I mean if someone had done you wrong uh, if you've been molested for example or if you've been taken advantage of spiritually or whatnot uh, those things take time and we have to get through that we have to you know find new ways to deal with it and then find the enlightenment behind it as well right I mean Every lesson learned, if we look at it, does in actually carry some sort of positive lesson for us to carry forward into life and then also teach others as well. It's kind of like our episode on I am not your guru. I think that's worth a listen if you have things that you feel that you need to deal with. Maybe even just check out the, the documentary if, if you want to skip that episode. We're okay with that. No, for sure, right? I mean, the idea of that episode was really to get people to actually watch that episode as well. Yeah. I think we our goal was to really just do a summary and, and do, the, do the show some justice. I mean, it was a well-done documentary on Netflix, so it's really getting people to, to learn from it because I don't think we could do the justice, right? I don't even think the documentary can do the justice. I do believe that if you want to get the full enlightenment of what that course had to teach, you would, you know, get the money, go pay for it, go to that event and take away from the six-day event because a two-hour movie or a one-hour show by us really doesn't give you that full impact. But I do believe the one-hour show by us and the, and the two-hour movie or so does give you the ammunition to, you know, kind of really start digging and, and starting to understand yourself on the things that you need to do and the things we need to do as well, um, not just our listeners, right? Because we're going through that daily struggle and daily uh, improvement cycle as well, right? So, uh, yeah, for sure. Take a listen and uh, see what you guys come up with and let us know. Mm -hmm. Another way I believe to find enlightenment, and this is just a personal belief, I think there's going to be different perspectives out there. And there's also going to be people that to don't totally agree with this is creativity. 
if we were to believe that there is some intelligent design behind this entire world, and I know some people don't, some people feel evolution and creationism are in conflict and neither could be, you know, they're, they're mutually in- inclusive. So not, not both potentials could exist at the same time. Whereas it's not hard for me to accept that it might be possible for both to potentially exist. But if we were to think that there is like a creator to this world, then to create is to be godlike because God created the world, given us the same power to create within our world, our goals, our dreams, our aspirations, the things that are written and on our heart, we've been given the ability to create. Right. And, you know, with that, with that said, you know, I think all of us somewhere deep down have a hobby or something that we enjoy to do or want to get better at doing, right? And finding enlightenment is really getting good at what you want to do as well sometimes, right? So if you enjoy writing, write every day. I mean, that's one of the things you told me, right, right off the starting when I first met you, because I said, hey, I want to I want to start blogging. And you said, hey, write, you know, that's going to be the best way for you to find that. That's space. the foundation. Yeah, get to the foundation, find that creativity within yourself, or in this case, myself, right? And that's what it kind of did for me, allowed me to find that creativity in myself, allow me to ask myself a lot of questions and, and, and go to different places within myself that I hadn't gone before, and really dig deep to find new ways to say things, or understand things that I wasn't taking time to really, I guess, explore. Yeah, and that was something I was going to raise as well, which is that, I can still find joy, peace, and fulfillment when I'm writing, when I'm still connected to technology. Yeah, there's many different ways to write, and I could get myself a typewriter. That's something I've thought about. So I'm spending less time at a screen and maybe time with a document. But of course, you know, I might I might need it for digital purposes later. So in which case, it's like kind of inconvenient, but it would still be kind of fun to have as like a creative tool. But my point being that I can still find that enlightenment in creativity when I'm connected to technology. And that's kind of an amazing thing. Right. And even if you have technology, like, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people will go for hikes, for example, and we always take our cell phones with us. We want to get that perfect picture, uh, you know, as we're going for that hike, right? But even just to think for a moment, okay, fine, get that one picture that you want to get and put your phone away, right? And then get in that creative space. Because a lot of times we'll hear about people who go for nice nature walks and, and different thoughts will come to them. They'll see different things in nature and start understanding things differently because of what they see in nature too. And and they may think of the next best way to, I don't know, open a can of Coke or, or whatever, right? But I mean, that because they allowed themselves to be open to that moment and open to that time and not be distracted. You know, one of the things that we were talking about earlier from these certain devices or th- even thought process that they have not allow, not allowing themselves to uh, be in that space. Yes, exactly. What other points do you have connected to finding enlightenment? So one of the things I liked about, um, I guess the internet and technology is, is the ability to, you know, connect to different um, leaders, you know, as thought leaders in 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 society right now, because yeah. we have, you know, to, and we were talking about in our last episode too, and I had mentioned, you know, there's, I don't think there's such things as six degrees of separation anymore. I really believe, you know, if you're able to create some sort of communication with a thought leader, we can definitely communicate one on one with that person if they're willing to communicate back, 
back and forth, right? I mean, I've written on, I like Twitter for that one reason, exact reason, right? Because I can write different spiritual re, uh, leaders if I want to. And, you know, sometimes they do write back, right? I mean, we can have that engaged conversation. So, you know, I think that's a huge benefit for us to find spirituality because, or enlightenment, because if we can ask certain questions that we, you know, we're having a tough time um digging deep within ourselves maybe a new question can be posed to us maybe a different line of thinking can be given to us and you know that leader can then guide us in in that way that we need to go sit down with ourselves again and find that certain type of enlightenment in our own way right which may take months and years or could take a minute i think so too sometimes it's just really hard to ask so sometimes that'll require a little bit of courage on your part to reach out and 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 talk to people but i've had a brief email conversation with pat flynn before i'm sure it's not the kind of email he would actually respond to today because i know he filters a lot harder than he used to but i remember having just this conversation about how did you do this design element on on your website and i was curious to find that out so and he said it was just hand coded and i was like okay well i'll figure it out and i didn't but (laughs) so pat flynn if you're listening we we need uh that answer still well and he has a new website now so he doesn't even use that uh particular design element so oh well i guess i didn't really need to do that i just needed to find my own way with uh with my website right and you know one of the things i also like about twitter is that you can find uh people who are going through the same struggles as yourself they're having problems Mm. finding the same type of enlightenment as you so although i know we say don't compare yourself to anybody else but we i think we should realize that's true don't compare yourself to anybody but there's a lot of people who are in the same or very very similar situations and similar uh life points as we all are right so connecting to people talking to those people finding about what they're struggling about helping them through their struggle can usually help yourself as well so i think that's a great way just to find out more about yourself and really um you know find out what you're made of right because i know the conversation we've had off microphone before it's you know who do you think you are and who you think you are is really not who you are right that's just a a self-image thing it's maybe who you think you are internally but externally it's not or or vice versa i don't remember which way it goes anymore but you know who you think you are is not you it's just a label you put on yourself right so Mm. i mean a lot of people do that and having conversations with people allows us to uh see those labels that we're putting on ourselves and see the labels that other people are putting on themselves and if we're in tune to what people are saying it allow us to you know open up our mind and then look within ourselves and say you know what i say that about myself all the time you know i should probably stop you know I always tell myself Mm. I can't do a good job and even stopping that one negative, um, you know, item or or it gives you that. Yeah. That thought it now pushes you in a, in a different direction and maybe a more positive direction. And that positive direction, once it's created into a habit, I think will create some sort of enlightenment as well. Not spiritual enlightenment necessarily, but will help you get to a place where you need to be, uh, mentally, maybe physically, uh, you know, emotionally, uh, for your family or even for yourself. So like deliberately using technology to go and find others who are looking for answers to questions as well. <laughs> That's really interesting. And I, and I like that a lot. I, I also wanted to talk a little bit about purpose because I feel like if you have 
a purpose or a vision or a particular mission in this world, it's a lot easier to connect with the, your spiritual side too, partly because I think the challenges you encounter, the challenges almost force you into focusing outside of yourself and look outside for the help that you need to go to where you want to go, whether that's help from God or the universe or help from friends and family. Now you're sharing some of your issues and some of your problems with, with your friends and maybe they can help you or help you see a different perspective, just like you said, Mav. So having, having those goals, having a mission, having a very specific purpose about what you're doing in life. And I'm not talking about finding your passion. I feel like that's a very different conversation. It's, it's about pursuing a passion. No, you're right. And one of the things I liked about what you said was, you know, talking to people. And in saying that, I believe you have to find the right people to talk to. I don't think I, everybody. That's so true. Yeah, I don't think everybody's the right person to speak with about your problems or things that you're trying to improve in your life, right? I mean, finding life coaches is kind of like, or finding a mentor sometimes, right? Um, if you want to be a billionaire, should you talk to a millionaire? No, talk to a billionaire, right? If you want to talk to somebody with a successful marriage, talk to somebody with a successful marriage, not someone who's been divorced. Uh, now you can still gain lots of insight from people who have been divorced because they can kind of tell you their story and, and kind of what happened there um, and they can still teach you as well right so don't necessarily cut them out because there's still lots of things to learn from other people's experiences right so there's something good to be said about that and most or not most but i would say some success books definitely talk about that right having the inner circle of your your friendship or business partners or other people that you trust and believe in and then not that i believe necessarily in like harshly categorizing everybody you know and putting them into groups because that seems kind of insane to me and and almost like dictatorish but you know still thinking a little bit about who your inner circle is who you're letting in who you're not letting in that kind of thing right well you know that's a great point because when you let the right people in you know there or the wrong people in they're going to affect the way you think, the way you react, how long it may take you to get enlightened as well, right? I mean, technology is not just the things that we hold in our hands or the things we sit in front of, but technology, I think, is also advancing the minds of people as well, right? So if we're, we're sitting with people who don't want to advance the way they think and really want to sit back in that, you know, 1700s, 1800 uh, way of thinking and not think way we think in 2016 and want to think in 2020 or future, you know, I think you're going to get stuck there as well, right? So enlightenment is about knowing where you were hundreds and thousands of years ago, where you are today and where, where you'll go later, right? It's kind of having a, a combination of all of those those items and all those times and all those people, right? Because enlightenment is not just today, it's, it's forever. Another advantage that we have is you can go and read a blog, you can go and listen to a podcast, get someone else's opinion or thoughts on, on a particular topic or subject, explore many different viewpoints, maybe ones that wouldn't necessarily entirely match up with yours, challenging yourself a little bit, especially when it comes to enlightenment. I think that's good. It's about expansion, not a process of shrinking and becoming more close-minded to the possibilities. I don't know if enlightenment can be found that way. It, I think we are designed as human beings to expand and continually expand and grow. 
Well, you know, and one of the things that you did for me when I first started off wanting to learn how to blog and, and learn how to, you know, even podcast right now, right? You you sent me links of other things to read and information to read about. So, I mean, to find enlightenment, there's so many different websites out there, right? So, and there's a lot of thought leaders out there. So we can actually go to different websites, you know, that have the thought processes of people like the Dalai Lama, the Pope, you know, Desmond Tutu, Deepak mm. Chopra, Pwilo uh, Kualo, uh, Titnan Han, Eric. Er, 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 Cartole, all the different people, and that's just in the religious side of, uh, you know, religious side. But then we got business people, and then we can go and get enlightened from the business people and be the best at what we do in business, right? And still be humane, and still be giving, and still be the type of person we want to be by incorporating all the different teachings and learnings we can do from all the different people, right? Um, nowadays, if if you really start thinking about it, you know, every single person you talk to during you using your technology or not using your technology every conversation we have with somebody should be hopefully an enlightening enlightenment moment you know or at least some sort of moment that might take you say huh yeah you know what that's true or i never thought of it that way or you know that guy doesn't know what he's talking about but then give them the information so you can show them why you believe that and they met that might open up a new conversation that continues it you know and then that person brings you another piece of information say hey well have you ever considered this and then you look at that and say you know what no i haven't and you're right or no you're wrong because have you looked at this and you continue that conversation to help understand each other again that can only be really done sometimes with the right people that can't be done with everybody because there's a lot of closed-minded people out there as well and those aren't necessarily not the people we're talking about to help you move forward in enlightenment either right you got to find the right people for you and I would love to hear your thoughts on this as well, Mav, but I'm kind of thinking like enlightenment within this lifetime is not possible, but although we can find those moments where we become, we, we go deeper into our faith or beliefs or spirituality, and we can discover more things and more truths about who we are from a spiritual perspective, and maybe even from a physical perspective, I'm not sure we ever achieve quote unquote enlightenment until we die. Well, you know, and that, that's a great, uh, great segment, I think, for another conversation down the road. <laughs> I think that's wonderful because, you know, it's not something we can just discuss in about a few minutes conversation, but I'll definitely attempt to uh, put in a little bit of thought process into that. And, and, you know, at least some of my upbringing into it, as well as maybe some of my spiritual reading in it and whatnot, right? And just even like listening to different uh, authors on the topic. But, you know, there's a thing of reincarnation, you know, there's saying that we keep com- we keep coming back until we finally reach enlightenment so we're at this perfect state of understanding everything right so uh and then you'll keep coming back and and keep coming back and you'll keep learning and keep learning and if you didn't learn and you ended up doing something dumb then you know like killing somebody for example then you come back as something else until you learn not to kill somebody then when you learn to not kill somebody you'll come back a little bit better again and you'll continue through that cycle and cycle right i know in buddhism they say we've lived as many lifetimes as it would take a bird if i can remember this uh, analogy correctly Hmm. a bird flying over a mountain mountain with a silk scarf in its mouth the mountain being five kilometers by five kilometers and five kilometers high so however long it would take the bird to you know every hundred years going by this mountain just you know going over the mountain with the silk scarf however long it would take that 
bird to wear down the mountain. That's how many lifetimes we've already lived. So thinking about how long that would take, uh, you know, it could take forever. You know, if you really think about it, that would take forever that, you know, we're continuing that enlightenment process today even, you know, but I do feel that if we take the beliefs and, and understandings of all the other individuals who have, you know, come to this earth, uh, such as, you know, all the different spiritual leaders from all the different faiths in the world and really learn from those and how to be a better human being towards each other because that's really what it's about i think finding enlightenment like i was saying earlier right if you can understand how an ant feels or understand how a spider feels i know a lot of people just kill a spider don't think about it twice but if you can really just think about how killing that spider affects not only you but also what you're teaching your kids hmm. but you know how many if you think about the the value of the spider is if you let it live and take it outside it creates a spider web which then can you know that spider will then feed on different insects because it'll trap them right it'll let that whole cycle continue maybe not big to anybody but it's huge to the spider to live to be able to do that right it's got to feed maybe it's feeding its kids i don't know right it's teaching and maybe they have to go out and learn themselves but i think if you can start understanding little things like that you'll then see what the value of this is, right? Like more and more as I'm talking, I'm actually thinking about, you know, vegetarianism versus, uh, you know, people eat lots and lots of meat, right? You know, hmm. really thinking about what those animals go through and what we're actually putting our own bodies through because of, you know, we're in ingesting all these different animals, right? And then really going down to the idea of, you know, is, you know, having a plant-based diet or a meat-based diet, maybe another talk someday, but really understanding how you fit into that and how that fits into your life, you know, I think will help you understand how you impact not only here and you, but your environment as well. Hope that answers a little bit of it. That's really fascinating. I loved it. And Ralph Smart always says, health is wealth, to your point. At this point, I have a bunch of words that I wrote down because these are the kind of things that occurred to me as I was thinking about enlightenment. So we could kind of go through these rapid fire. The first is just quietness. I think it's really hard to hear what's written on your soul if you, are, if you don't spend some time in quiet alone, constantly hurrying and rushing around and trying to get things done and going back to your to-do list or just having TV and music on all the time. It's great to have that kind of entertainment, but you also need some quietness in your life aside from like sleep time. Right. And, you know, and one of the things I, I do like about that is not necessarily quiet doesn't mean meditation. I don't think that's what you mean only, right? I'm going to get to that, but... <laughs> right. So I think quietness also means, you know, going for a walk by yourself. I think quietness also means not putting on, you know, headphones while you sit on the bus or on the train. It, you know, it means yeah. taking those headphones off and really being with your thought. It's hard to be with your own thoughts when you have music blaring into your mind uh, and telling you about stuff or listening to other podcasts, even including our own podcast and listening to us, you know, not saying, we're not saying that we don't want you to, but we're saying, you know, maybe one day a week, spend that moment on the train with yourself mm. and really with your own thoughts and maybe hear what other people are saying if it's positive and maybe open up a dialogue and see what kind of, you know, cool conversation you can come out of it. You know, I've done that on the train when I used to take it a lot and just kind of see what other people had to say and really try to, you know, push people's buttons a little bit with, but it helped me understand where they were coming from, right? Which helped me grow and helped me see things differently than I used to, right? So 
Yeah, I love it. And the next word that I had, and it's kind of connected. I kind of, I think it's all connected. That's why I'm doing it rapid fire. But stillness, which is not the absence of movement necessarily, because you can be walking around. I'd say like if you're exercising and pushing really hard, then that's not really being still. But you could maybe walk or take a light, you know, walk down to the the trail and and sit on the the bench for a while and just just be still. And I think that's a great way to connect with the source of of the universe i think you're right and watching things that are still right so just sitting at a bench for example like you said in your example sitting at a bench maybe watching the pond watching the ripples of the Mm -hmm. water watching that stillness watching the way the wind works that water and just moves that water or watching a tree and just watching the leaves kind of in in the app you know just watching the leaves move and stuff and and watching the birds that's all stillness as well right although things are moving you're still but you're watching how if you could take yourself out of the picture how things would still exist right and when you can take yourself out of the picture not only do you take your ego away but i think you also then start understanding what enlightenment really means if you are not in the pictures things still continue exactly because you can never be perfectly still i mean you are made up of physical vibrations at least that's what quantum physics tells us and if you're made up of vibrations vibrations are constantly moving so you can't be still and not have those vibrations and move and that's why people talk about law of attraction because even when you're not moving there is movement in a way the the next point is reflection and again it definitely ties in with the last two points and we might have even brought it up already in this episode but thinking back about what has happened in your past you know you can't always use your past to interpret your future but reflecting is something we don't do enough of because then you you're already given such a big opportunity to like learn from your past and and learn those lessons so that you can have a more enlightened future and if when you don't take that time you actually rob yourself of, of being able to proceed and, and not make the same mistakes. Right. And, you know, I think the idea of reflection is wonderful because that's what a lot of the times podcasts are about. That's what books are about. It's about people who dig deep into themselves and, and put out, you know, books and, and teach people about maybe the things they had learned, right? Reflection, even in sales is reflection, right? Because, you know, people like Zig Ziglar would have taken everything they learned, written in a book and reflected on it, found the best way to teach somebody it and then wrote it and then sold it, right? And people then bought it and and read it and applied it to themselves and reflected on what, you know, the authors were saying or the podcasters were saying, right? So it is a great way. Reflection, I don't think necessarily means to do it in quietness or in Mm -hmm. stillness. Uh, If Reflection can also mean, I think, uh, you know, standing and looking in front of a mirror really is a reflection of who you are. Mm. And if you're not happy with the reflection looking back at you, then look at ways to change that reflection and and find a maybe a happier medium. Now, if you're too happy, I don't know, try to be happier. I never say go back the other way. <laughs> yeah, I guess just don't. I mean, it's such human nature thing to do, but just don't go backwards in the sense of, oh, I'm so happy. I just, something bad's gonna it has to happen, right? There's even a song that goes something along those lines, and and no, something bad does not have to ha- happen, right? I mean, in your future, somebody will pass away, some things will happen, no doubt, but doesn't mean that you have to sit there and anticipate it, and pretty soon, you know, just diminish your your happiness. Another one is nature. We already talked about like being still or sitting within nature i think nature is a great place to connect with with the energy of of the universe and and get a feel for how how you belong within that context as well 
Right. And even the word nature doesn't necessarily only mean uh, what's out in the physical world. Mm. Nature could also mean your behavior as well, right? It's the way you are as a that's person. Great. That is your nature. So, you know, finding ways to maybe be a better you, right? And I think that's what you're doing through reflection. That's what you're doing through uh, understanding. And that's what you're doing through, um, you know, all stillness and, and really questioning yourself. You know, who are you? Who do I want to be? You know, and what will it take to be that person, right? So just another way to look at nature as well yeah i like how you're bringing those double entendres in uh, full of them <laughs> <laughs> the next one is is connection so i mean i think it goes without saying if if you don't have a connection to your spirit your being the universe whatever it is you believe in i guess if you're atheism then you believe in yourself i don't know you believe in something so having a connection with that is really the only way to find enlightenment really you know, and finding a connection to people, I think, as well, right? Yes, so, absolutely. Um, yeah, for sure. And I know I know you didn't mean to leave that out. No. Uh, it's a huge one too, right? But um, I think once you find the connection to the right people, you know, try to keep those people in your life and understand why they want you in your life, in their life as well, right? Because there's a connection and, and kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier about reincarnation, you know, I do believe that if you're connected to somebody thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago or even 10 lifetimes ago, you'll find a way to reconnect to those same people again, right? Mm. I know, for example, just as an, <laughs> just an example here, but in, in a Hindu wedding, for example, they say, I've married the same person again and again and again, right? So it's kind of neat, right? And that's why they say you have seven lifetimes with your wife, right? So uh, again, I have a wife, me and her are married. They've said I've either... On, you know, I'm either on my seventh lifetime or I'm in somewhere in the middle, right? Could be my first, could be my second, could be my third, but somewhere along that we're growing together, we're getting wiser, we're, you know, teaching each other, we're helping each other, we're making a better life for each other, right? So, I mean, there's some interesting principles that we can learn from different cultures as well. I mean, I can only tell you the one I know because this is how I got married. Uh, you know, I'm sure in, in uh, hmm. Christianity as well, when you get married, you know, they read different passages yes. and even the symbolization of the ring says it's a you know it's a circle it's it's a completing the big picture right and yeah. i think when you meet somebody that is enlightenment to complete a picture as well absolutely having that support is such a such a huge thing this is where i wanted to bring up meditation and I, I've meditated the last couple of days and I have to say like you can exercise one day, you could meditate one day, you could eat healthy one day, you could listen to healing music one day, but to do it all on the same day, Maveen, I have to say like for me, that's fast becoming a, a life changing thing because now I'm thinking more in terms of enjoyment. And when you think in terms of enjoyment, which I kind of left out of my, my words, but now I'm thinking it's really important when you connect with what you enjoy, you're actually connecting with who you are and who you're meant to be and what you're meant to do. No, you're right. And, you know, one of the things is too, right? I mean, you can do all those things. It is definitely not easy. I mean... No, it's it, not It's not easy to get there. Like, there is, certainly is a path to follow. That's right. You know, and I remember listening to stuff by, like, Deepak Chopra, and he would say, you know, he would get he gets up at 3 o'clock, I believe, in the morning to start his meditation. I believe he's in meditation for about two hours a day before he even starts his day. So by 5 o'clock, now he's starting his day. He's been up for already two hours in meditation, learning about himself, uh, potentially, you know, uh, focusing on a scripture, maybe on a problem that somebody else had. You know, it's not, um, enlightenment is not about focusing on yourself always. It's also about helping yes. other people, yep. right? So, I mean, looking at different ways he does that, right? He keeps but I would, everything. I would argue that if you are doing something that you enjoy, then you probably are helping people too. 
Well, exactly. And I think you're right in that. But I think in order to help other people first, you've got to help yourself, right? So yes. um, it, you can't help anybody if you still have those same problems, right? So I think with him, he, what from my understanding is he, you know, he'll get up, he'll meditate, and then he may still work out. He may still find that. Now, again, he may have more time than the average person, but he's worked for that, right? And I think that's what the idea is for both of us, as well as all our listeners uh, around the world here, is to see that you can also help have those same accomplishments, right? He's, uh, I don't know how old he is and how long he's been meditating from three o'clock to for two hours a day, but he had to build that slowly, right? Just like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, you start with a, maybe a 15 minute, maybe a five minute sit down and just try to sit there and try not to move. Don't breathe. Don't, you know, breathe. uh, (laughs) I mean, don't breathe. breathe. Like don't do breathing exercises. What I meant to say, you know, just sit there for five minutes and see if you can do it and just even sit there then move it to 10 minutes and then start incorporating breathing exercises then maybe start as you get better and better at it you know make it a life choice but if it has to be a chore you're not going to do it and i have a friend lewis who also meditates i think four hours per day he says he's a wealthy man successful man he has a video production studio as well as an audio and like music production studio i don't know if there's a correlation or not but clearly it's worked for him <laughs> right. Well, you know, and a lot of different, uh, you know, podcasters that I've listened to that have also uh, interviewed lots and lots oh, of people. it's huge right now, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one thing they say, right? And if you look at meditation, it's been around for thousands of years in, in Eastern culture, right? So now it's making its way to the Western culture where now Western, you know, Western society is saying, oh, look at this new thing I'm doing. I'm doing meditation, right? It's changing my life. But people in the East have known about this for thousands of years. And, you know, they don't use meditation in the same way I believe we use meditation. I think a lot of times it's taught to people from a very young age or they're at least witnessing it from a very young age. Uh, I know one of the things that I've told you about is like my dad, for example, he prays, he has his own temple set up in his his house and my mom's home, right? And they go downstairs and they pray and they meditate, you know, in the morning before he goes to work. Sometimes he does get up at three o'clock and he has his own meditation practice. You know, again, depending on before he goes to work, he has that, he, 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 made that a practice for himself and he finds ways to continue doing that because he's made it important to himself right i think it's worth talking about from the perspective of it doesn't have to be spiritual if you don't want it to be meditation could simply be this healing relaxing process that brings more calmness and awareness and peace to your day and even if you only use it in that way that's totally uh valid i think too no, you're right. And it doesn't have to be spiritual. I'm only saying it based on the examples I've seen in my life. But you're right. You can use meditation just to breathe better. If you yes. have asthma, you can technically use as uh, you know meditation to bring your breathing and bring it to a better place and learn how to breathe again, right? Properly. And, you know, if you suffer from, I used to suffer from ulcerative colitis. You know, when I was suffering from hmm. ulcerative colitis and was on all these different medicines like prednisone to make my hmm. uh, body better, like Imuran to make my body better, you know, one of the things I incorporated was because I understood in myself that, you know, it came from stress, my problems, right? So I use meditation, not in a spiritual way, but in a healing way, because I needed to heal my body. So I found ways to, you know, bring that calmness within myself, so then I can heal, right? And now, you know, thankfully, I haven't been on my meds since August 15th, 2009. Awesome. I know the date. And and I've been well, I've never had a relapse. And, and you know, I knock on wood, because I continue to find ways to stay stress free. Yeah, meditation is also great for anxiety, and I can attest to that. There's two more words I had. One was journaling, so simply taking the time. I I think a lot of people 
will journal and just say, this is what happened today, right? And, and that's okay if that's where you're starting from. But I would suggest, you know, asking yourself questions that so you can dig deeper into into yourself. It's almost like this psychological process, right? Where you're, you're trying to figure out where your thinking is wrong. Because if you're feeling something on the inside, but you don't know what it is, journaling is about the only way you can reflect it back to yourself unless you're going to go have a conversation or have a conversation with a psychologist. So that's the only other way. One way to heal ourselves is, is through the pr- practice of journaling. Of course, you know, if you have faulty thinking and you answer yourself with faulty thinking, then you're just digging a hole of faulty thinking. So sometimes an outside perspective is still very much needed, but I think we can find considerable enlightenment and understanding of ourselves through journaling. Right. And I love that. And it's so true, right? There's two things that I thought of. Uh, one was, you know, use a pen and a paper to journal. Uh, I think it's yes. the best. It's your true, you know, it's your real feelings being written down. I mean, in this technology world these days, it's easy to use a program like Word and just type it out on, on the computer, right? And what your thoughts are that you want to write down, right? And I really would, uh, you know, recommend people to try journaling with their uh, pen and paper. If it's not something that you like to do, okay, you know what? I can't stop you, but give it a try and try it out for a month and see how how you like it, right? And I think it will change your word uh, world. And the other thing I like about journaling uh, is based on a word that we used earlier was reflection. Uh, you can yes. kind of write down what you felt today and go back to it and see what you were thinking maybe six months ago, eight months ago, two years ago, and see, you know, have you made improvements in those areas in your life that you were wanting to, right? Because a lot of times, you know, we'll journal every single day and we'll journal about different things every single day and we'll forget what we wrote two weeks ago mm-hmm. and we won't focus on those things. But so for going back and, and re- rereading what we wrote and what we thought and staying in that thought process until we've you know mastered it, that will definitely help bring you to the type of enlightenment that you may look for. That's fantastic. And one last word I had was awareness, the power of now, right? Being aware of who and where you are right now. Are you in pain? Then what is the pain? Well, you can't really figure that out without, you know, using some of the techniques or ideas that we've already talked about, or to just bring more awareness to it. Try not to escape, try not to cover it up, try not to medicate in some way. Instead, bring your awareness to that pain so that you understand what that pain is. Are you feeling happy right now? Why not amp it up? Make Feel even happier. Feel ecstatic. Feel excited. Feel great. Feel unstoppable. And those are the kinds of things that awareness can bring to your inner world. Wow. You know what? You gave some great examples. I'm not sure if I can give any more examples, but I do like the idea of awareness because the more you know about yourself, again, same principles we talked about already, the more you can understand other people and the more you can understand other people, the more you can, you know, heal yourself, heal them if that's what they want. Um, But if not, at least you can find the right people, right? And I think being aware of who you are is probably one of the most important things. I think, you know, with the, the way technology has grown, to be so um, important to people's lives and I put that in quotations the word important you know I think we forget that sometimes we are more important than technology I know one of the things that we've talked about was the science and the aging and stuff like that too right so uh, you can be aware for longer periods of time but being alive longer doesn't matter if you're not doing something with that as well 
Right. So actually I had this, uh, I, I guess I've been resting a little bit this weekend. I, I, I took Saturday more or less entirely off. And then on Sunday I actually did a little bit of work, but here was like an important realization that I had. And I do feel like it was a spiritual insight, which was, it's not about necessarily the quantity of rest, but the quality of rest. If the quality of the rest isn't good, then we can't actually recover. We can't actually rejuvenate. We, you know, we can't recreate. And that, that, I mean, it's right in the word. We need to recreate ourselves so that we're able to do the work that we need to do in the week ahead. Right. And I think you said it, right? Sometimes I think in this society where we're overworked, sometimes 10 to 15 hours in front of social media or some sort of media all day long. And it's not restful at all. No, not at all. And, you know, you they say, you know, whatever you were watching or thinking about before you go to bed is really what you wake up thinking about as well, mm-hmm. right? So if you go to sleep, you know, watching a horror movie, you might even dream about that while you're sleeping. And is that really restful to your mind, right? I mean, you also want to, re- I know I love having dreams personally. Personally, but I like those days I don't have any dreams that I can remember uh, because I, f- I personally feel that maybe my mind had an opportunity to relax, right? Now, again, I know my brain is, is dreaming all the time when I'm sleeping, but I find when I'm dreaming, maybe, and I remember it, my brain might be overworking sometimes. And when I'm, I can't remember it, maybe it's not overworking, right? So like you said, it's finding that moments of rest period when you're actually resting. So try to get an eight hours of rest and have physically eight full hours of sleep, right? Don't just get up in the middle of the night, start typing on your social media, go back to right. sleep because you heard your phone go off, right? Sleep. Yes, exactly. One example I, I love to bring to that is, you know, one of the things that I've tried a few times and it can work pretty well is like going to going to sleep with the idea of solving a problem in your mind. So something like, uh, you might have played the game Braid. It's an, a popular independent game. It's a puzzle game, and it, some of the puzzles are pretty hard to figure out. I guess some people said they were easy. Maybe I'm just not uh, spatially oriented, but I'm learning. And uh, uh, there's one puzzle I was having trouble with. But like, so I finally said, okay, what if what if I just keep that visual in my head, the image of that puzzle in my mind, and go to sleep and try it the next morning? And sure enough, I was able to beat it. So. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, great inventors as well who were able to relax, go to sleep or, you know, go elsewhere outside of their work and find some sort of understanding or enlightenment uh, outside of what they were doing and creating, right? Uh, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but I know we have all heard of people who've walked away thought of something and then came back to their office or their workspace and found ways to create something better. So I think you nailed it uh, nailed it perfectly. Yeah, I think guys like Franklin, if I'm not mistaken. Did you have any other points about enlightenment? No, you know what? I think we've hit on all the, the things that I want to talk about. I'm not sure Perfect. if you have anything. No, those were ever, that was everything. You know, I had two major points and I had some points about why it's hard to find and also just those rapid fire words, which I think we had a really good uh, uh, firing off session on or, or brainstorming session on. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and, it, and it's given our listeners a, an idea of kind of the way we think, you know, a lot of this, the talk is spontaneous. It's not a lot yeah. of it is rehearsed. You know, we just kind of write our points ahead of time and then we bring them to the table and we kind of use, you know, what the other person's saying to think deeper about, you know, in the moment 
about what to say next, right? And still have an understanding of what we're saying to each other, as well as maybe what the listeners are also taking in from what we're saying as well, right? So, um, you know, whenever you're ready, we can go ahead and maybe wrap this up. So maybe what are some of your final thoughts? Final thoughts on enlightenment? Well, I don't know if if you can find it 100%, but I do know that you can grow spiritually. Otherwise, why would we talk about it as something that you can grow? What are the what are the five big things? There's there's family, there's finances. I don't know. There's there, there's a few different elements that people always talk about when it comes to areas to grow in, and then spirituality is always listed as as one of them. So. I think thinking about how you can grow spiritually on a regular basis, on a consistent basis. I know when we make it consistent, now it sounds like homework, but <laughs> I think that's really the only way to 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 continue to grow regularly and frequently and consistently. So, right, and I, I like the idea of consistency because that means that you've made it a part of who you are. So if once you start looking at it as it's not homework, but it's truly who you are, because you've made time to make that important to your life, that'll be huge, right? So it kind of lines up with what I was trying to think as well as of what uh, finding enlightenment means in a technology word world here. It means finding that consistency It finding that ways to, you know, find that enlightenment that you want. It doesn't have to be spiritually. I mean, a lot of times I believe uh, we are taught that it means spiritually, um, but yeah. enlightenment means anything that you, it, to me, it just means understanding, right? It's finding an understanding where you can understand other people people understand other things so kind of exactly what i said to you know understanding an ant if you can really understand what an ant goes through what the life of an ant is if you can pull yourself away from your phone for a few minutes and think about it you will really start seeing things differently right and i think that's when enlightenment really means in a technology world is being able to see things differently than you see today because you allow yourself that time to do so yeah, it's like that brainwave I had over the weekend. You'll have many aha moments. And what Wayne Dyer says is true. The world changes when you change the way uh, you look at things. So you've been listening to Using Your Power. You can find us at usingyourpower.com. We look forward to reading and answering your comments. Thank you so much. Thank you.